This is Chaz Douglas, and this is, in my humble opinion, with Chaz Douglas, I got my first guest on. Um, this is Shanina Veal. So uh, I remember we talked, I think it was like the last day of work. It was like June 19th, and I remember I was like, when I do, I'm going to do a podcast. And I said, when I have a podcast, I'm going to have you on there um, because I know we had a you know pretty long conversation that last day, so... I'm a man of my word, so I'm gonna, you know, I I got you on here, um, but like I like I was gonna say before I start uh, asking the questions, I wanted to say how um, we were in the building. You were setting up your room. We were in the in the building, and I, the lights were off too, so that that was, it was probably dark in there. So when I came behind, I said something, and, and you didn't know. Uh, what you know, you got you got afraid, so you gotta looked at me. I'm like, I hope I didn't, you know, disrespect her, or offend her, or anything like that. So I I didn't know if we were gonna get along like that after that. But then we had a half day, and um, it was me, you, Wade, Low, Tamisha, Ted, for Amos, and we just like talking about life and relationships, and it was a really good. You know, I wish we had other moments like that, but we didn't really have a time like that to, you know, really communicate with each other and and talk. So, and then like during your preps and stuff like that, it was times where you would go in Tamisha's office and we just have a conversation. I'm like, okay, she pretty cool. And just in the past, like, I don't really trust people like that, that fast. And so, you know, I just want to, you know, give you, you know, affirm you or just say that, I, you know, I really trust you. I really have a lot of respect for you because, like, I don't, you know, just because, you know, you you got people that's fake. You got people that are one way with you and then they another way when they're um, not. And so, like, you just had that trust and spirit. So I really respect and appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the compliment. You know, it was, it was not fun to me. So when, um, <laughs> when we first met and you came in the classroom, when you spoke, I, I'm most likely I was thinking, you know, you just, you just meditating or thinking or, you know, you setting up, getting my mind ready for a classroom of students, a curriculum, lesson plans. And then you walked up and, said something, I don't even know, you might have just said hi, and I was like, oh, it's like it's someone here, and, you know, um, <clears throat> but normally when I get scared, uh, my first instinct is to fight. It doesn't mean that's a good thing, it just means I'm aware that that's sometimes that's how I come off, and, and it wasn't, I wasn't angry with you at all, it just, it just startled me. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, I think it's... Because we were pretty cool after that, after you said, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, it It was funny to me afterwards, you know, because I know sometimes, you know, I can, I have the, the type of personality, I'm a pretty strong person in terms of just my personality type and, um, you know, until you kind of have a conversation with me, you, you don't know which way it's going to go. It's like, I don't know what type of person she is. So I appreciate even the opportunity, you know, when I do have an opportunity to talk to others and let them know that, you know, I'm not, a, you know. I'm not a hard person to get along with or anything like that. Just you know, sometimes it's just a, a different type of situation. And I was, I was just happened to be that you startled me, 
and um, which is, you know, that's a different type of uh, introduction to a person. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, I, we do, we have really good conversations in the building. Um, and I did have other conversations with other, you know, teachers at times as well. Um, we just didn't always have an opportunity to do them all together. And I wish we had at times, you know, just like you. So, Yeah. 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 When we, when we did talk, like, like I said, it was, we had a, you know, have really good conversations. So, um, the first question I was going to ask you is because we, you know, we both worked at U prep schools together. And then I think before you were at U prep, you were at Chandler park, I believe. And then I was at, Regent Park was, which is an urban school. So I was gonna ask you, you know, like what are, what's rewarding about you know what's what's rewarding for teaching and you know with, with you with teaching at like urban schools. Um, well, to teach in an urban school, personally, the most rewarding part to me was are the students. I mean. They are the most challenging part and the most rewarding part. When you when you feel an accomplishment in it, they won't ever let you forget it. They won't ever let you forget how much of a difference you made in their lives. They'll never let you forget the integrity. They may not remember the lessons, it, you know, in, in terms of like the curriculum, but they'll remember how you made them feel. They'll remember if you believe in them. They'll remember your expectations of them, and to me, that that was that's been the most rewarding part about being a teacher in urban areas. You know, because you feel like you're—I've always felt like I was wanted by my students. My students didn't—they didn't always appreciate the things that we learned or had to learn, the things we went over. But they always made me feel like <clears throat> that my presence there was want they wanted they wanted my presence. They wanted the type of person that I am there with them. And that made it it would wake you up in the morning. It would wake me it woke me up in the morning and said, okay, let me get to let me get to school. Because if I don't get there, even if the administration is like, well Miss Veal, you didn't come in, my students will be on me way more than the administration was. Way more. Where you been, Miss Veal? I wasn't gonna come to school because you weren't here, Miss Veal. I was gonna leave so they make all the difference in the world. They really do. And, and one thing I was, I know, I know just because I, we work together and, and I, you know, had some of the same relationships that you had with the students or not I me mean, had some of the same students and they would, you know, they said how much they respected you. And, and, you know, I know it, it was some students that, you know, really, you know, called you their mom. And they, you know, they, and you were like the mom of the of the building, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't help as a black woman teaching in a in a school in a city that's eighty six percent black, um, African American, whatever you like to use. This it's personal, you know. When I see them, I see myself in classes struggling or needing just needing some understanding from a different perspective than my parents that I live with. And so 
I gave them an opportunity, whether in crew or in class or during lessons, to ask the hard questions or even ask them hard questions or challenging questions so they could, you know, you got to live with something. It's like, I don't want you to leave here without anything. Um, and I think that was that's a big part of being a teacher. It's not just teaching about whether it's history or English or math. I mean, it's, you know, some of it is about my character. Some, some of it is about your character, you know, um, your integrity when no one's looking, you know, and that's the part that I find was so much that, that the students were like, Ms. Bill will talk to us about God. She'll talk to us about relationships. And we did, we had conversations about a lot of things in classes. Um, you know, jobs, money, you know, whatever relevant issues that come up that sometimes you need a group discussion about, you know, the whole class is, is chiming in on this one subject and it makes it easier to digest because a lot of students aren't, don't have these conversations at home. They're having the conversations with one another, but they don't have an adult to kind of lead them through it or to even give them more information about the things that they, they're talking about, you know, um, and so that makes that makes a really big difference, and they carry that with them. Was, was and there, I care about it. Was there, you know, was there a lesson um, that you can think of offhand that you felt like it was it was personal to you and to the the students that you really you're really glad that you were able to like talk to them about or teach them something? I mean, it doesn't have. I mean, if you it doesn't if it isn't one that doesn't come offhand is okay. I was just curious to know, like, as a follow-up, was there any, like, lesson that, that, like, hit home for you? I think lessons, the lessons that I find are more, the things that I like are not necessarily things that the students hold on to. So I, I, we had a conversation in crew I, I, it had to do something with they and they were, they came back the next day because they wanted to talk about that. They wanted to have that same conversation again, but they wanted to keep going deeper. And this is a crew. This is this is they're like Miss Bill. We I'm, I'm, we need more. And I said, What do you mean more? And he was like, I'm trying to think what the conversation was, but it has something to do with discernment or being able to see or hear some, something, something along those, I can't really tell you what's conversation, but they really held on to it. Conversations that I held on to that I thought were very uh, pivotal were conversations about language and about their ability to communicate effectively with one another and those who are outside of their own race or culture so that they were always viewed as scholars of who they are. To me, those conversations are very important. When you say language, are you talking about like cursing, or are you talk? I mean, like you were telling, talking to them about how they conduct themselves. Cause it was, I mean, yeah, that, that I mean was, that, that was too. big. That was big. It was a lot of students that just they just used a lot of bad language, and it was like, yeah, you cannot like if you have a conflict with conflict with someone, like in real life or in the professional, you know feel you cannot respond and you can't talk to people like that. 
yeah, it was all, it was the whole, it was, it was everything from how you dress, um, how you carry yourself, using profanity or vulgar language, using verbal tropes, um, respecting others and how they speak, um, extending your vocabulary, the difference between standard English and your, our own dialect. And because I do a lot of code switching in class, well, I, I, it would be considered code switching to a certain degree, but to me, it's effective communication. So when it's necessary, I use standard English. When it, when, and when I say necessary, meaning depending on who my audience is. When we're going through a lesson, I'm using standard. You know, everything's formal. You know, we're, we're extending our vocabulary. We're finding new words. I'm always learning new words. I, I, I enjoy learning new words. I still have a list of words that I just won't throw away because I'm like, oh, these words are so wonderful. But then there's times when I don't use any of that. We just gonna talk regular. We are gonna talk. Okay, what you? What do you? What you trying to like? And, and and I do. I go back and forth with them to help them to understand that it's important to value your own language as well as effectively communicate with others. And that means how you carry yourself, what you wear, um, how you how you do just everything in life because people are watching you whether you know it or not. Every one person who says something to you about what you've worn, there are six other people who've seen you but didn't say anything. So you're always being interviewed. And to me, those type of conversations that we were having were very important. They may not remember them on the surface, but for me prayerfully, they've kept them with them in some type of way, shape, or form underneath. And they'll remember them later on. I'm hoping. That's that's my hope. That's my prayer. I I, I want to say this too because when you talk about communicating effectively and different ways that you handle conflict, I remember. You know, obviously, I'm not gonna say the person's name, but I remember it was a time when somebody said something to you, and and it, like you said, you never know when somebody's watching, or but you responded very well, and so. One of the things, so they said something to you, and I was around, which I was like, I was a little embarrassed because usually when you, like if I have, the way I will handle conflict, especially with an adult is, or even with the kid, the students, I'm going to pull that student aside or that adult aside and have that conversation. And that person said what they said and you were like real cool like okay you know what I'll take that you know I'm not going so I felt like you handled that really well and I don't know if it was any students around uh, I was around that's all who had to be around I was like you, you, that wasn't appropriate to communicate or to try to solve that that conflict at when somebody's around so is that like how do you handle conflict on the job? Like, do you, are you, you know, can you walk through me that walk that process with me? Um, the name of this podcast is called my humble opinion. Yes. 
humility, the ability to have a proper understanding of who you are in in perspective to you, who you are in perspective to God and to the people around you. So in God's eyes, I know that I'm special, but I'm just one person. And to the people around me, I don't think higher than of myself than I ought. So regardless of how many degrees and how much I know, humility is always necessary. There are times when I... Yeah, that's good. It's, right. it, 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 it's just... It, I, I'm, I'm an older woman. I'm, I'm not old. I'm, I'm a mature woman. Let me say it that way. <laughs> and I find that And I, there were several incidents that happened that I would just, okay, okay I'll take that. Because if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let's just say you said something crazy to me. I don't like the way you did such and such. I'll take that. Because you're telling me your opinion. You're telling me how you feel. I can't, I can't dictate to you your feelings. Your feelings are yours. It, it is what it is. Okay, I'll take it. I don't like the way that you know. I didn't like the way that made me feel. I didn't like the way you said. I get it, and maybe I could have said it better. I'll take it because I'm not above apologizing. You know, to if you stay humble, you won't get humiliated. Yeah, and and I I don't I don't think I mean I think the person had you know if that made them feel. Uh, the way they feel, I think that's, you know, like you said, you can't really change that, but it's like, is a way you do that. And so I guess the next question is like, if you are around someone or is it after that, if somebody does that, what, like, what's your thought process as far as like, you know what, I probably shouldn't even, you know, like, was it one of those things? And not just with that person, it could be with somebody else. Did you have it in your mind? Like, you know, I'm really not going to engage with this person because if you confront me like this or you say this to me, that it's probably not going to go well because that person might, and I'm not, I don't know, you know, I don't know them like that, but that person made me not as mature to have this conversation. Like what, what, like what went through, what goes through your mind if someone does that? Um, Yeah. I, I, all those things go through my mind, actually. Um, I'm always, I was talking to my, uh, my one of my closest friends the other day, and I was sharing with her about um, my revelation of forgiveness. And so I know we did, we're, because of the way you're at, the, because of the question, I'm, I'm, I want, I'm sharing this part. Forgiveness means that I release you of the debt that you owe me, but it does not mean that I trust you. So when I say that, meaning when I speak to people, no matter whom I'm talking to, it doesn't matter what age, it doesn't matter what gender, it has nothing to do with color or any of the other things that we, any demographic, it has only to do with the amount of truth you operate in. If I'm speaking to someone and I don't, I don't feel like this conversation is going to be proactive or productive. 
based on whatever whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, you you that's how you okay, we're gonna we're gonna stay right there. Because anything beyond this is not gonna get us any further. And my whole objective with everyone that I come in contact with is that you were better after I left. I wanna make this situation I wanna make it so that when my presence is there, you know that it's a good thing. So for me to leave you tired or angry or feeling any kind of way, that's never my objective. That's never my objective. It doesn't mean I'm always trying to make it, I'm not trying to people please, I'm not trying to please you, but I am, I, I do want people to know that they are loved. And sometimes that means I don't have to argue with you. This this don't have to be an argument. That's how you feel. I get it. Okay. What's the point? I mean. <laughs> it, it probably was good that you didn't, you know, you responded the way you did. Um, I guess it was kind of messed up to me because that they said they didn't want to talk about it after that. And it was like, okay, you're not, you're going to say what you say and then you're not going to just, you're just going to lead a conversation you don't so it, that was that was kind of interesting um yeah i mean but that person has done things well and, and i because now i know the, the, the situation you're referring to in that i i get it like i said i mean let me say this so the other part is i don't have to win you know it's, it's a what they say um do you want to? Do you want to be right, or do you want peace? I want peace. I don't have to win. Winning is not because winning isn't all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes, so for, if that person felt like you won with that one, go ahead. I'm okay. I, I'm, and I think that just comes after time when you when you find out some things don't have as much value as others. You know, I'm weighing out because I just spoke to the person the other day and we talked and we shared and she's like, oh, thank you so much. That gave me so much hope and everything that I had forgotten even about. I had completely forgotten about it. It didn't even bother me. Like, that ain't no big deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, but things like that happen pretty often and just knowing where people are. um, When people show you who they are, believe them. When they tell you who they are, believe them. And it doesn't mean I think any lower of the person. I don't. Not at all. Yeah. I, I respect their relationship that they have. With, I respect who they are. And I understand where they are. I feel like I have an understanding of where they are to a certain degree. And I and I try to respect that as well. Yeah. So, what, so you, you named some of the benefits. What about some of the, the challenges or some of the things that you like, okay. cause I know you, you going into a different career field now. I mean, I, Correct. so what, what do you feel like the challenges are, uh, in educate or urban ed? And then what are you going to be? What do you feel like? Okay. I'm not going to miss this about, about teaching, uh, in education. I mean, about, uh, teaching in urban education. Okay. I'm gonna get a good part first. <laughs> um, the challenges, you know, it's funny because you, sometimes we come all the way back around in a circle. The first year that I started teaching, I was teaching at Chandler Park. And the first really big question that I had 
I said, how do you teach a traumatized child? Yeah, that, that's and good. Everyone, yeah, that's a good question. And everyone was sitting there looking at me. I said, no, I'm serious. I'm, and I was really, I really thought that someone had the answer to this question because they were giving all these PDs, but no one's teaching me. How do you teach a traumatized? These children, these, these students are traumatized. They are living in households where parents aren't making ends meet or barely can. Parents are, you know, we all have these different types of dysfunctions, whether you're, you know, it's verbal abuse or physical abuse or mental abuse or drugs or alcohol. I'm not saying every single kid has all these problems. Every single urban student has these problems. But I'm saying you're living in neighborhoods, predominantly black neighborhoods, in a predominantly black school, in a predominantly black city, and we are all experiencing some of the same traumas. How do you teach that? How do you teach to, the, to a student who who's in pain on a consistent basis? Are you right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> just, is, this is uh, well, I'm not in a urban ed school now, but I taught in urban education, or not taught, but been a part of urban education six, seven, eight years, and. You're right. You you have students that have you know a lot of times the dad is is in prison, so they you know they're raised by their mom or you know you it's I mean it's it's countless things over the years that you know we experience and we know that these students have trauma. You know what I mean like you know they're some yeah. parent, parents die you know and yeah you know grandparents are raising them. Um, I mean, uh, last students that a lot, you know, male and female students have been molested or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like they go through, you know, being raped and things like that. So, um, and like you said, you got it. They come to school. And so I'm going to let you go with that. But um, was it something that you over the years that you say, okay, this is how you teach a traumatized child child. Do you have a like is anything that you thought of over the years? Like, okay, this is not, not saying you got an answer to that, but maybe it's something that you, you came closer to learning how to teach a a student like that. I I think that's, that's the difference. I think that, that my answer to it has been to be, the, the teacher parent to them. Um, it's been the most effective and that's, that's what's in my wheel. So when I say will, meaning, you know, things that I can use in my toolbox, part of my toolbox is listening as a parent and not just as an educator. And I find that that has helped students relax because it's hard to listen to it's hard to it's hard to learn from someone you don't respect. It's hard to listen to people you don't respect. Period. I don't care where they are. I don't I don't care what part of life it is. And so me gaining their respect has helped in them receiving and getting the education that they need. 
So the student who was calling me Ma last year, same student was going in classrooms, terrorizing other teachers. This student is tall. This student is, uh, I mean, by all means, a pretty big person. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and I could, I could walk up to that same student and say, get your butt out of here and go sit down somewhere. And they would move. I mean, move, wouldn't say nothing, would, would not would not peep. I said, you better not say not a word. And, and would never say anything to me, Cross. Oh, they're not. But, but the, it's about relationships, too. Is you correct, know, and, especially, and, and especially in urban, like you, you build those, build those relationships. Those relationships, and and how, and everyone builds them in different ways. I mean, I use parenting skills to build my relationships. Other people have used sports, and you've used art, or whatever, whatever means you have to build those relationships. And these students are in, in need of these relationships more than ever. And those, that was my technique. You know, I mean. They they say it in PDs all the time, and we talk about it quite often. Um, but it is is vital. It's it's not even negotiable. You can't even negotiate not having a relationship. You can, I don't know how you teach without relationships with these students personally. Yeah, you gotta. You, you know, gotta, you gotta have that. So you gotta have it because do you? Remember, I don't know if you knew this, but I I didn't physically see this but i just heard i don't know how true this was but that student that you're talking about when they thought that you quit they say that student was crying and i'm i'm glad mm-hmm. i don't know did you know that Mm-mm. I didn't yeah, they know said that. that they said that he took it hard um because you know or i think or it might just been upset because of the whole that whole situation um yeah. now that I can't remember. Was that, that was, was that, that was the day before Christmas break and you don't have to go like detail, detail in it. But like, I remember that, you know, it was said that you was, that was going to be your, like you was packing up. Like what, what do you feel like was that? Because I think we like by December and that's one thing I say about, and I love, I love all my students that when I worked in the in urban ed, and I actually probably have just as much many years in urban education as I do in any other, um, you know, region or any other um, demographic. Mm-hmm. But but that that's one thing about working in those schools. It is it can be draining. So like, do you feel like mm-hmm. do you feel like that was kind of like it was a a, a a drunk, like a, a tipping point for you, like because you, because I, I did hear like you were about to leave. Mm-hmm. Was that, yeah, that like, was what, like what 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 brought you to that point where it's like okay, I think this this is my last day, which I like yeah, I said I can, um, I can understand because I mean it was December, but it I mean it almost is almost like dog years. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is like dog years. Um, yes. Um, I, so the day that it happened, the day that, the day that it all went down, in other words, um, I woke up that morning saying, don't go. You're tired. You're tired. Don't go. 
And I said, no, you got to go. It's right before break. Just go to school. Just go to work. Go to school. Go go in with just go in and be with your students. It's, it won't be a hard day because not that many students will be there. And I got I got there that day, and I had three incidents in one day, and they all were like directly attacking me. Do you think that were spiritual? That's possible. I mean, yeah, I, I'm. The enemy knows when you're tired. Let me say that too. So that's why it's so important to get rest because mm. you don't want to wear yourself out. And our students come in, urban, you know, our students come in with all kinds of things. So I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly battling. I'm constantly fighting. And I got my own things at home that I'm fighting with as well. So, you know, you're, you, you, you're going through these things. But remember the, the, incident, the, the same person we were referring to earlier had come to my room and that wind up in a, in a mess. Um, and that person had said something to me kind of sideways and I had to kick him out of my room. I said, just get out. Just, just leave. I don't know what you came in here with or for or whatever, but just leave my room. And the person left. I had another incident in the classroom. Something else, I can't remember what it was, but it was another incident. And the third incident happened with two students and they were, they were kind of I was already tired and they were being disrespectful on a whole nother level. And I snapped a little bit. I mean, I didn't like black out, but I was like, get out. Yeah. I know you was upset. It just, just it's three o'clock. Get out. I can't take it. <laughs> so I was so angry. I said, you know, I had already, um, Remember, I had another teacher who was working with me earlier in the year, and that teacher had experienced some trauma also from being in the school. You know, students had been calling her yeah. out of her name, yeah. and I was so those things hadn't really hadn't I wasn't able to let, let it go the way I needed to at that point, and I was tired. Okay, and I said, you know what, it's time, and I started popping stuff off on walls. <laughs> pop, pop. Yeah, you know, my yeah. walls were. My my room was decked out. Yeah. I had one of the best rooms. I know in the building, I, my room was decked out. I started popping stuff off the walls. And students was like, Miss Bilder lost it. <laughs> she about to quit. She leaving, y'all. And the other student, the, the, the person we're referring to, the, the gentleman, he came in and Douglas, he was crying. And I mean, he was not and crying. Mm-hmm. Ma don't leave. I mean, he was not and crying. And I didn't let him in the first couple of times he knocked on the door. I let him in maybe like the third time. And by the time I let him in, I looked at his face and I hugged him and I decided not to go. And I really didn't go because of him. He was the reason I didn't leave. Oh, so we talking about we talking about two different people. Cause I was talking about his name. His initial was E. Mm-hmm. No, um, you was talking about L. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the same person. Okay, all right. We are talking about the same person. Yeah, we are talking about the same person. But yeah, he he was the reason I stayed. He he's the reason I finished out the rest of the year. Oh, 
That's good. I, and I still communicate with him on Instagram too. Yeah, I seen him the other day. Um, I seen him and I asked other students about him. You know, where is he at? What are you doing? And when I think that you was asking about me, yeah, I was asking about you. How you doing? Where you at? You know, so, um, cause I still care. I, I keep in touch with, I, um, the other one that you said is my daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saw me yesterday. So we, we still, we, I still talk to a lot of students. They adopt me and you my new godmother. Okay. If you say so. So, you know, um, so yeah, those relationships, those bonds are, are pretty strong and um, so many of our students sometimes they don't feel like anyone is listening to them or cares and so when you show interest in them it makes a really big difference it, it really does make a big difference and they respond differently um, and that's and that's my hope that's really my hope as a teacher that, that our students know that someone is their cheerleader and that I want to see them successful. Yeah. Um, not just for the sake of data, you know, oh, I got the numbers. No, I want to see you successful. I want to see you healthy and happy and at peace. I want to see you whole as a whole person. Um, and, and I hope that they get there, you know, because I, I wish someone was my cheerleader. I, I think I want to be the teacher that I feel like I wish I had. Yeah. You know, I've, he- I've heard about those teachers, but I didn't really have one like that. So I hope to be that teacher that I wish I had. Now, I know you, you you teach, but I know you preach as well. So, like, how did you know you were supposed to be a preacher? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Is that a better answer? Because cause um, you said you, ran, you was running away from that, right? Um. So not necessarily running away from it. What my story is a little different. My story is that I, I've had, you know, everyone has chapters in their life and my chapters look a little bit different. So my chapters, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't start going to church until I was like 21. Um, I got saved at a young age, but I didn't start going to church until I was 21. So I had a relationship with God when I first got saved. And I had the evidence of speaking in tongues. I was, I mean, I, I prayed, but I didn't know how to pray. And so, because I didn't go to church, but I knew who God was. And so by the time I turned 21, um, I'm going to church. By the time I get about like 30 something, I'm like, something ain't right. I keep going to church and they say I'm supposed to have this, but my life don't look like that. So I decide I'm going to read this Bible for myself and I'm just going to read. Now you, I don't know about anyone else and how anyone else's relationship is. You know, if you grew up in church or you just started going to church, whatever, but I just started reading the word and I started reading to the point where I wasn't studying. I was just reading and I was reading it with my heart and the Holy spirit was talking to me. And my thing was, Lord, I want to tell people what you said. This is so good. And then it got to the point where I was changed from the inside. So on the outside, I really, it, it, it was a, you know, it's a slow process when, you know, change is a, it's a slow process to see people change sometimes. And, um, by the time I was 40, my, my pastor said, you know, it's time for you to preach. 
and it kind of it kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, but I was I, I, because I'm because of the type of because of the type of ministry that I have and my relationship with God. Normally, people aren't. I don't. I don't get the. Um, I think we were talking about it before. We were talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't get the kind. Of, I don't get the kind of you know. I don't do the kind of preaching. We're like, yeah, hallelujah. I don't yeah. get that kind of preaching. I get the yeah. everybody quiet, <laughs> and nobody saying nothing. <laughs> you can hear, you can hear a pin drop. You can hear, it's quiet, and I'm like, why is it so quiet when I preach? And then when I get done, everyone's walking up to me. That was good. Oh, that hit me hard. Oh, that was. Oh, I didn't understand. Oh, that was. I mean, I get a, a lot of it, but I don't get a lot of. Shouting while I'm actually preaching. Like, so, um, so what would you say? Because for you know, if you if you you probably started preaching maybe like five ten years ago then. So it was correct. It wasn't. I know, like it's you know, some women still have some challenges. What would you say? Like, are there were there any challenges? You being a a, a woman preacher, like, did you? feel like discrimin you know, any discrimination or people looked at you differently because you were uh, a woman preacher? Um, yeah. I mean, there's still, cause remember I'm still, even though it's been recent, churches are still pretty old. And when I say old, meaning you still have a lot of seniors in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have a lot of traditional you have people who are really bound by what they believe, what they think. It ain't written, but what they think the word of God means. You know, their misinterpretation of things or, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there were still a lot of, there are some challenges. There still are some challenges. What, so what, I'll what, tell you this. Yeah, I want to say, what, what, like, has anybody said something to you? Or, like, what, what was something that you could say, hey, this is, Something that uh, obstacle I came across because I I feel like because I am a woman. Um, I'm gonna say the biggest obstacles have actually been in my family. Oh, okay. That sounds ain't that crazy. Um, biggest obstacles have been in my family, namely because they come from very um, Baptist and holiness, and you know, um, would Christ say uh prophet was is without honor in his own house yeah, yeah. and familiarity breeds contempt basically what that means is that people are so familiar with you that they don't think you are who you are mm-hmm. and so um at times i've had my own father say something to me and i said you know it's funny how people have something to say about what god is doing but nobody god didn't ask you where to put the trees he didn't ask you any of those questions god does what he does he doesn't have to ask your permission. Yeah. And, and that's in anyone's life, you know, not just mine, but anyone. And so, yeah, I've had some obstacles. Um, I think for me though, my biggest defense has been you talk to God about it and come back and tell me what he said. Mm. You talk to God and you come back with it. You know, it is because God has done it. I didn't do it. I didn't call myself. God called me. 
So whatever issue you have with it, it's not even, that ain't up to me to defend it. That's, up, that's between you and God. And that has seemed to, um, I mean, being in the pulpit, I've been the first woman in certain pulpits. Um, just, like I said, being very humble about it. You know, people try to take jabs at you. Um, I had a preacher, um, one pastor said, um, oh, you don't know the protocol in this kind of church. And I said, no, I don't. Can you teach it to me? He, you don't know and the protocol or what? Of the church. You know, it's like oh, okay. in Baptist churches, they do things in a certain way. And in this church, they do things in a certain way. And and I said, no, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't familiar. And I, I didn't play like I was. I'm not trying to, I don't fake it till I make it. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, oh, I don't go ahead and see. And they were kind of looking at me like, oh, she didn't, she didn't take the jab. No, I didn't. I'm not going to take your jab. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 a, so me, me staying authentic and being an authentic person keeps me from some of the wounds that the enemy tries to throw at me. He tries to throw darts. He's trying to bust your bubble. But if you don't have no bubble, if you're not full of air, ain't nothing to bust. Mm-hmm. You just, you boxing at the, you know, you, you shadow boxing. So that's really been, um, humility has been my greatest defense against a lot of things in life. Was that like adopted with you? What? Like the humility is like, is that, you know, something that maybe the Holy Spirit kind of talked with you, you know, spoke with you about as far as this is how you can handle certain attacks and people coming at you? Or is that like, how, where did that come from? Or I mean, obviously the Bible talks, tells us to be humble, but I didn't know, is that something that, stood out to you just because that's something how you diffuse yeah I, I at you. um yeah the holy so i had a really bad problem when i was younger with pride um i've always been a strong talker um I, it, that's just part of my that's just the way god built me it, it truly is so i can teach i can teach practically anything if I learn it, I can teach it. So if I know it, I can teach whatever I learn. And that's in any subject, any, I don't care if it's a different language. If I can, if I learn it, I can teach it. Um, but what happens is that sometimes you believe your own press report. And you'd rather, the word of God doesn't tell you, God says he, he will humble you, but you don't want God. He really tells you to humble yourself. Humble yourself. And so once I understood that if you stay humble, you won't be humiliated. It kept me in a place where I don't want to be humiliated. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anyone to see me with my pants down. Let me just stay in a, let God exalt me because promotion comes from the Lord. So we know that then God's going to promote me when I'm ready. I don't have to try to promote myself. I don't have to boast on myself. I don't have to brag on myself. I don't do anything, but just do what he tells me to do. And everything else would line itself up. Okay. Uh, So So part of that is humility. Mm -mm, No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, this is going to be like my favorite part of the the 
discussion. So I know you got you got married considered, you know, you can, got married late. Was that a choice or was it because your relationships, you know, some of the relationships just didn't work out? Uh, I think that's a trick question. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both. It was both? I mean, I mean, let me, I guess, so this is what I told, this is what I would say. And I'm not trying to get you get in get trouble or nothing. I was just. No, you ain't getting me in trouble. <laughs> no. I mean, you, anybody can get married. Yeah. Let me say, you can get married to anybody. Yeah. I mean, I, before, right before I got married to my husband, maybe, maybe a month or two, an old boyfriend from high school came out of the woodwork and was like, Nina, I've been chasing you down. I want to marry you. It's not hard to be married. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to be married to this person? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be connected to this person? Mm -hmm. And that's the question. Um, I didn't get married later on in life because um, you want the truth or you want to make it sound pretty. Like, you got to be real. You, you you sure? Yeah. I mean, okay. I know you're not going to use any profanity, but. Whatever. No, I ain't no profanity. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes yeah, you, people are like, well, nah, you know, why, why didn't you get married? And, oh, it wasn't my time and it wasn't. But let's just be real. I was angry with men in general. Oh, okay. Because I, I remember, I remember you you saying like you just was, you were mean. I was. I was mean. Oh, I was mean. Oh, I was mean. I was angry. And I remember praying one day. Because remember, God takes you as you are. He said, "Come to me as you are." He gonna fix it. He ain't gonna say he gonna fix it all in a day, but he gonna fix it if you want to be. If you want. If you want what he said you can have, you will do what he said you got to do. Let me tell you, I wanted to be married. And the Lord told me, he said, you think I'm going to give you one of my sons so you can beat him up? Hmm. That's, that's deep. So you angry why, with why, me. Why do why, why you think you were so upset with, like, angry with guys? Like, was it, what was that, where did that come from? Well, you know, your first relationships are always with your parents. Yeah. You know, you, you have a really, I have, a, you know, the, I know who my father is. My parents were married when they had me. They didn't stay married. They divorced. Um, but my relationship with my father has always been tumultuous. So, you know, you get in these relationships with other people. My my mother, seeing her and her relationships, the relationships that weren't working, um, watching how men weren't protecting women or, you know, just, just all of the criticism and the anger and the, I was just angry. Just like, how, you know, just, just angry. And God was like, you've got to forgive men in general. Because I was, I was, just, I was, I, I, I could go into detail, but I was just mad. I was just on fire, man. And it wasn't until did you, know, did you know you were mad at like did you know what you were doing or like was it just kind of like subconscious that you were mean to me like it was subconscious. Well, I knew I was mean. I knew I knew I was mean. I didn't like being mean though. I didn't like it. I I still don't. It's not something like I'm proud of. Like yeah, yeah. Whew, 
yeah, it's not like a like a bragging kind of thing, but I I'm aware of it. Um, it wasn't until I had my son that I sought deliverance because now I have a man child Mm -hmm. and I love this person and I cannot be, I cannot continue to have a man hating spirit with a man child. And I sought deliverance. I said, Lord, I need help. And that's a, a relationship that I see a lot where, you know, different women that I know when they have, difficult relationships or have, you know, have, um, strained relationships with their dads that is like, they choose some, like some of the men that they choose are terrible. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is a thing, you know, where, you know, I don't know the psychology behind it or what the word is, but it is a lot of women that have bad relationships based on, like you said, your first relationship with, with the man that you, that raised you could be, you know, can impact that. Yeah. Those, um, and I think those are one of the reasons why I enjoy the conversations with students so much as well. Okay. Because the insightfulness of it, like, who, you know, I ask some questions, like, who are you mad at? You're just angry. I'm not mad. Okay, not mad. You mad about something, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, having those conversations, you know, while they're younger, because I didn't start, I didn't start getting through that deliverance until my thirties. Okay, that's that's late in life, mm-hmm. because no one had had those conversations with me. I had to ask hard questions to myself and to God before I really got the answers that I was looking for. I mean, if you're not asking the questions, you know, you're not approaching things because you want it to be easy. I'm not looking for easy. I'm looking for growth. Mm -hmm. And growth means being challenged. When you say you had your, you know, when you had your son, you said that, you know, that you got, you got delivered from that. Is that because you didn't want a woman to treat him like that? Or like, where did that? I didn't want to treat him like that. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't, I, when I seen him, I could see him being a man one day, being angry with him. Okay. And I did not want to, I did not want to be abusive. To, Cause to me, that was abusive. That's abusive to see your child and be, use all the anger you've had from all the men in life and place it on one person. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do that. And I and I I was like I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to get rid of this thing, but I'm not gonna do that. And so that that really um, that really drove me into a healing, you know, looking for healing in in that particular area. I mean, and there's a lot of areas that I'm just. I'm I'm chasing God. Like, okay, Lord, what do I do here? Okay, I need to go talk to someone there. Okay, I need therapy over here. <laughs> what I got to do to get to get the wholeness? Because you know we're we're growing to be whole, and I'm not I'm not in a place in life where I feel like, oh yeah, I'm just grown and this is it. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not at all. So That's you, how you get older. You do. So you you went to therapy about about um or just you've gone to therapy then. 
So yeah, um, I kind of. Uh, you ain't gotta go into detail. I just, I just know that that. No, I'm, I'm saying, no. Two of my, so I have, I have three really close friends. One is, my, one is my closest friend, and the other two are, um, just really, really good friends. It's, it's only really three people that I talk to, and I feel safe to be vulnerable with. One of my closest friends is a minister. The other one is a minister also, but he's also a licensed therapist. The third one, she's a licensed therapist as well, and she's licensed in two states. So I'm constantly, I call one of these three people. <laughs> They're on rotation. No, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> when I need, you know, because um, these people are going to be honest with me. And these people have known me for a very long time. These people are um, people I trust. And these people are, they're going to be there. So. Um, I've utilized them. I can't even tell you numerous, so many over the years. Oh my God! The oldest, the one who's got two, uh, who's licensed in two states. I've known her since eighth grade. Okay. The other one, um, he used to live around the corner from me. Him and his wife, and so him and his wife would tag team with therapy with me. And then the third one, the, my closest friend, her and I talk practically every day. So. Um, you know, some of it's spiritual and some of it is just natural. Yeah. Just, well, this means this and that means that and that leads to that. Oh, that makes sense. And then I go back and read the word and go, oh, I get it, you know. And so it kind of all comes together. It all come, you know, accumulates together. Is that the word? Is that how you say it? I don't know if that's the, how you, you say the, it or not. You're the English teacher. So. Yeah, do look. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it all comes together in the end. And it really... <clears throat> And it really, um, and it's necessary, you know, for me to grow, you know, because that's what we, that's what I'm, that's really what I'm about. I'm really about my growth yeah. and about the growth of those that are connected to me. Yeah. So what, what would you say, like, because you got married at 38, 37? Yeah, 37. 37. What stood out with him then? Like, what made him where you like, okay, you know, I think I, I want to marry this person. Um, things that stood out to me were, um, he was, he seemed to be a, a very kind person. Um, the other relationship I had came out of with my, who was actually the father of my first two, that relationship was emotionally abusive. And this relationship, this person was a lot more, uh, and I want to see more, this person was just calmer. They just didn't respond the same way. Um, they were more established. Um, they had qualities that I really enjoy and like, and so it just made the relationship different. It just, it just, and I really hadn't met anyone. So my husband is eight years my senior. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the men that I had dated in the past were either my age or maybe just a little bit older than me. Okay. And I found that that really wasn't, I needed someone a little, I found that being with someone a little bit more mature than me, or at least had some more experience than me, made for a better relationship. Okay. Yeah, that's just me. What, what, like, being married, 
at 37, what would you say some ben- the benefits of, and challenges are when you get married later? Because that's what's, what's going to happen with me. I'm 36. I know I'm not going to get married till I'm, you know, 37, 38 or, you know, whatever it is. But So what would you say are some challenges and benefits of getting married in your mid to late 30s? If you can the say biggest, <laughs> I, Well, I, I mean, no, I can, I mean, so I think that the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges for me as a woman has been, especially when you have children before you're married, is to learn to put things in order because having children before marriage is, is backwards. It's really not the way it's supposed to go. And it's a reason for that. I'm not dogging nobody who did it the other way around. I did it too. So I'm not like Mm -hmm. coming after nobody for that. I'm saying that it makes it so much more challenging because learning how to be a wife before learning how to be a wife after you've learned how to be a mother because your husband's not your child. So now you're trying to figure out how to balance being a wife being a mother and being just you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other challenge is, is that if you've been single for a very long time, I found that I was used to not depending on anyone. I'm 37. I've been cutting grass, taking out trash. I've been, you know, yeah. I've, I've been single for a very long time. So I'm, that ain't no big deal to me. Not to say that I want to do those things. But now being in a relationship where someone else is doing them, you have to, your mindset has to be different for that. So that took, that took some adjusting. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think being married younger, growing with the person, I think you, it's just different. It's just, I think it's just a, I think it's a better experience. You talking about getting married younger? I think being married younger is a better experience. Yeah. But I will say this part, the same challenges that I found in my marriage, even though I was married later, my best friend has been married. So let's, let's go back. My, my closest friend has been married 18 years. My other friend who's a therapist, this is a guy, my, him and his wife, They've been married 40 some years. Hmm. They've been together since they were like in high school. Really? And then my third person, my my other friend who has the two degrees, she's been married nine years. Do you know we all have the same issues in our marriages? You say you do have the same? We do. They all the same. It don't matter if you've been married for 40 years or 10. The, the issues stay the same. You sit there going, how these issues stay? How I got the same issues? That's, 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 that's interesting, yeah. That ain't, it's crazy. It's absolutely, it, it's mind-blowing to me. So if I call him and say, well, such and such has happened, he's like, yeah, that happened to me too. You've been married for over 40 years. Yeah, I got two grown kids together. You two have been knowing each other since you were 16. You are in your 50s now, and you are dealing with the same issues that I'm dealing with. 
how 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 do you like I know one of the things that has come up in different relationships uh is um like having friends of the opposite sex how does that work because you, you said one of one of them is is a as a male like how does mm-hmm. how do y'all make that work because like I know that you know certain people is like okay once you get married you you know you can have a a friend of the opposite sex, but it needs to be like a couple's thing more so than you doing some one-on-one with this person. Yeah. Um, integrity is really big. Um, he's a minister also. So let me say that too. Um, he, all of us went to church together. We, so we all know each other really well. His wife and I actually share our birthdays are real close together. Like it's, it's crazy, but, we make sure that we, we don't, first of all, I don't talk to him that often. I talk to him maybe, maybe every three months, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, and I talk to his wife as well. So I'll call her and say, you know, ask her questions. Um, so it's not like I just have a relationship with him. I have a relationship with his wife as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a, like, oh, he my friend and she not. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't play that game. Yeah. None of us play that. You can't. You ain't got no friends of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. So normally, when someone asks me who he is to me, I say, "Oh, that's my god brother." Okay. Because we don't, but we don't even. Yeah, I mean, his kids have, you know, spent the night at my house, and you know, I mean, they're grown, they're adults now, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just know that you know a lot of in my yeah, situation, I, I do have you know, several female friends and I'm like, okay, when I, even, you know, being in a relationship, I know that the relationship, that friendship is going to be, you know, it's going to have to decrease because I can't, you know, that just doesn't work. Like it's, that. Yeah. It's more, it's, I think it's more the, the whole thing about, so the problem, so this is the, even with me as a minister, Ministering to men, I'm very careful when I minister to men. Very careful. Um, my experience is that intimacy, people mistaken my God's ability to see you or hear you or using a vessel to get you know to minister to you as a form of I like you. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessary. That's not the case, you know. So that's why a lot of pastors have, you know, pastors have issues, and you know, being a first lady and all that kind of, you know. So you you got to be careful when you're friends with someone, and you're providing them emotional support on a consistent basis. That person can become attached to you, emo- you know, mentally, yeah. and with their soul, even if you've never touched the person. Mm-hmm. So that's why he, we don't talk that often. We okay. talk every blue moon. Mm-hmm. Now, my other two friends, like I said, my one friend, we talk almost every day. The other one, I talk to her maybe once a month. I just We go out to dinner once a month. Maybe, you know, special occasions, our kids have a birthday party or something like that. Or we just say, okay, girl, I need to catch up. I need some help with this. So let's just talk. And so we, we use those opportunities also. But my my other friend, and sometimes you need a male perspective 
I yeah, get it. Yeah. You know, you, you, I'm like, okay, tell me from a male perspective, am I tripping? Well, did you do this? And you shouldn't have said that, you know, okay, okay. I get it. You know, and I need you, to, I need someone who's going to be honest with me and not afraid to, to hurt my feelings. You know, just tell me yeah, that was yeah. dumb. You shouldn't have said that, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. No, that's, that's good. Now you, I mean, you, you, you seem like you would take, you know, feedback well, you know, especially when, yeah. when somebody is, you know, they care about you and you know, they got your best interest in mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part is that the person who you're talking to is not manip- is not trying to manipulate you. So I'm not saying things to try to get close to you. I'm not saying things to, I'm not trying to flatter you. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be your friend. Like, let's be friends. No, I ain't trying to do that. I'm, I'm really here to say, okay, you wrong. You shouldn't have said X, Y, and Z. Well, and I may not say it quite that crass. I probably would say, I got to have someone do something wrong. I go, you know, you shouldn't have said that. But why not? That, da, 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 da. Yeah, but that hurt that person's feelings. That, that said this. As a woman, what she heard was this. Oh, I didn't know I said that. You know, yeah, you may want to go and fix it, you know, or try to fix that in your own way. And so I'll say things like that to people, you know, because I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I am yeah. going to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, Shanita, I'm, I really appreciate you, you taking the time out. Like I said, I said, when I get by a podcast, you're going to be, you know, I'm going to, connect so you can be on there and i'm you know i really appreciate you taking the time to to talk with me and and uh share your experiences and um i went you know i'm praying for you with your with your next uh career with your um because you. You, you'll be because you'll be doing you when you'll probably start that like uh beginning of the year or you going to do that most like likely in a couple months mm-hmm Okay. Yep, that's what I'm. That's what I'm working on right now. So um, right now I'm working as an intern, and um, it's been really a lot of fun. It's right in my uh, uh, all the things that I've done in the past. I've had a. I've, I've done quite a bit of different jobs. This would be my. I consider teaching as a career, mm-hmm. um, although I'm. I only did it for like five or six years, but this will be. To me, that's that's a career. Like I'm teaching. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. So this will be my third one. Yeah. 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 So this going have, into this. Teachers have a lot of uh, transferable skills that they can mm-hmm. you know, uh, take to other, you know, career fields. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just using this. You know, um, I'm really excited about it. So it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you're um, doing something you like doing. You know, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been waiting a long time for that. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting a very long time to find something I really enjoy doing. Um, I did enjoy, don't get me wrong, I did really enjoy teaching. But teaching is a very hard, teaching to me is up there with parenting. <laughs> yeah, you do got to deal with a lot Teaching of is stuff. crazy. Yeah. The lesson plans, the IEP, accommodations. The the meet the weekly meetings, the parent meetings, the makeup work, the the formative and summative, yeah. and the lot. SATs and the P, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And the classroom management, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially in high school. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> the attitude problem. 
kids, administration, and parents. It's oh, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, I'm. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I said. I'm glad you. You. We are able to connect, and um, I'm also whenever I do get my video podcast, we I'm gonna make sure that I, you know have you on there, have some different, you know, you'll be further in your uh, career. Now, what is this is say what your career is because I don't want to like mess it up or say you don't want to mess it up. You sure? Yeah, I don't want (laughs) to say the wrong thing. Um, it's urban planning. Okay, okay. Because I I was about to say event planning, but I was like, I'm gonna let her. (laughs) Yeah, it's urban planning. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, urban planning. Urban planning takes a lot of different forms. So there's a lot of different ways and things that happen in planning. Um, from different perspectives, whether they're legislation, uh, mapping and GIS, um, streetscapes and community part. And then there's, um, there's, a, you know, people doing site maps and planning board, planning commission. And oh, there's so many different parts to it. So um, uh, it's, it's a field of study, though, that's, because it's so many of the skills are transferable and they move around, you know, you can do so many different things with it is one of the reasons why I chose this particular uh, career. Um, but yeah, I'm at the, right now I'm working at the city of Detroit as an intern. Um, so much fun. I'm learning so many things and I'm really excited. So, um, yeah, it's it's really it really is a lot of fun. It is it's work though. It is work. Yeah, yeah. But it is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think the 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 part for me is that I want to enjoy what I do, and I think everyone should enjoy what they do. Yeah. You know, it's just you know, wake up and be happy about where you about to go for today. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I understand that. Well, I'm on. I'm on. We're gonna close out. Um, like I said, I appreciate your time because you know you got you gave me a. Hour plus, so I pre you know, and it and it, I enjoy you know I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, so this is uh Chaz Douglas. This is uh in in my humble opinion with Chaz Douglas. Thank you, Shaninaville, for your time. And we will you can check me uh, out on chazdouglas.com. Um, I love to hear from you.